I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. We've got a really important topic today. We're going to be talking about mental health in the music business. And I think songwriters, artists, and creative people tend to feel things more deeply a lot of times than other people. And we often struggle with mental health issues because the highs get really high and the lows get really low. So we got Al Andrews who started an organization called Porter's Call. And I think you're really going to enjoy what he has to say. All right, everybody. We've got a special guest in the Zoom room today. We've got Al Andrews, who uh, is the executive director and founder of an organization called Porter's Call. And Al, I would love for you to start just by telling us a little bit about what Porter's Call is and, and how you came to start it. Sure. Well, thanks for having me, Marty. Gosh, it was about 21 years ago. I was a counselor in private practice and moved to town and um, just started seeing people, had a little office in Nashville. And after about the first year or so, my practice was 90% music related. I joke about it and saying, because everybody's crazy. <laughs> you, I think you have to be crazy to get into yeah, so, so I found my retirement plan immediately when I moved to town. But uh, you know, I, I think what happened was the first few people I saw were in the music industry. And, you know, there's a network you guys have that you, you share with people. And so I ended up with a lot of people in the industry. And then um, I ended up with uh, uh, a lot of a uh, number of artists, touring artists. And um, just the the whole thing that particularly as I was thinking about touring artists, um there was just a lot of similarities with things they were struggling with, especially being on the road. Um, and, and then just the whole creative mindset was just a unique thing. But one of the uniquenesses I saw was that um, if you're just getting started in the industry, uh, you don't have the money to pay for counseling. And um, also, when I went to counseling, I went like every Tuesday at 11, you know, <laughs> and I've never met an artist <laughs> who could come every Tuesday at 11 on a regular basis. And I just started feeling like because of the schedule and because of the uh, money constraints that I was missing something. And I felt like I wasn't giving what I wanted to give to this particular population. And so I, I thought about um, what if I went to five labels and just said, hey, would you like to buy a day of my counseling practice and I'll see your people for free? And uh, the first person I went to was Peter York. At that time, it was EMI, the Christian label. And I just basically talked to him and said, um, you know, you guys are spending millions of dollars to get out, people out on the road and famous, if you will. And we're watching them crash and burn because of that crazy life they're living. Would you be interested in spending money on their hearts and souls as well as their careers? And he said, yes which surprised me and I didn't know yeah, what to yeah. do with that. But awesome. um, he he bought a day of our practice and he said, um, of my practice, and he said, you know, our only stipulation is that during that day, you should be uh, seeing anybody from any label, not just my own. Wow. Which is, you know, if you've been around the industry long enough, you know, you don't take care of everybody else's people, you take care of yours. And right. it was such a generous thing. And so that was uh, when we started Porter's Call. Um, 
And uh, after three months, they came back, uh, he and Bill Hearn and some other people from the label and just said, would you be willing to start a nonprofit? Because we believe that something is happening that's good. Uh, our artists have a place to come and that's confidential and um, away from the people who might be freaked out by what they said, if you will. And so I, I did. I started the nonprofit back 20 years ago this year. And um, it's grown and they helped to go around the industry to raise support. And so we're paid a salary so people can come for free. Artists can come for free. And uh, the name comes from a fifth century monastery where the porter was a person who welcomed the sojourners in and helped them find the way to what they needed. If they needed food, he'd feed them. If they needed a bed, he'd give them a place to sleep. If they needed wise counsel, he'd do that. So we decided instead of becoming therapists uh, to artists, we're going to be um, porters. And somebody knocks on the door and we'll help them find the way to what they need. And um, so that's what we've been doing uh, for about 20 years. There's um, f uh, five of us on staff now. Um, three porters i'm the executive director and an office manager and uh it keeps us really busy and we're glad to keep creative people going so that's I'm kind of the flyover that's <laughs> awesome well i saw on your website too that you've you've served three three thousand plus artists and there's yeah, significant artists. others yeah. Uh, yeah and the, you've charged them zero dollars and you've right. saved them four hundred thousand dollars over that time period yeah we kind of we kind of figured it out it's about um it's about uh that we figured out we're saving them about that much every year uh oh, wow having to pay the going rate um, right and we do that whether somebody has millions of dollars or whether somebody has tens of thousands of dollars a year because we feel like it's if somebody doesn't have the money and they they need to get help great and um if somebody has a lot of money, sometimes they need somebody in their life that just doesn't need anything from them. And Absolutely. so we feel like it's a, we, we want to do that. And so it leaves, um, it, it makes us uh, a little more trustworthy, I think, um, to people yeah. who might be suspicious of people naturally. And so, right. yeah. Can you talk to some of those specific, you said a lot of the artists had common struggles. What, what are some of those common struggles that you dealt with early on? Well, you know, um, if I'm a counselor at the end of every day, um, there's no place that I can look online that compares me to other counselors. You know, I can't look up and like, oh my gosh, he sees this many people and he's making that much, you know, it's done that. So I think, the, the thing that's unique in the creative sphere of artists or songwriters or whatever is there's places they can look and uh, compare themselves to people. Um, and that's just an awful thing. A comparison uh, was, I think C.S. Lewis said, comparisons of the, comparison is the thief of joy. And <clears throat> it's just unfair to do it, but we all do it at some level or another, but particularly in the artist world, you can just look at the charts. You can look at the numbers of people coming to concerts or the number of people buying that song or the number of hits or whatever. And I, I feel that 
all the craziness and insecurity that comes with comparison is unique to, um, I would say, the artistic life, whether you're a painter or whether you're an actor or whether you're a singer. But uh, in this case, we're talking about music. So that's one. And I, and I find that um, artists, I, I guess, I guess artists struggle with things that almost everybody struggles with, but um, it's uh, that the amp is up to 11, if you will, you know, from that great show. What's the movie? Uh, anyway, they, they say the amp goes up to 11. But so, you know, if you, you look at an artist and you go, well, somebody is struggling with not enough fame and somebody's struggling with too much fame. Um, and I'm not sure which of those is more difficult, really. And somebody's struggling with not enough money and somebody's struggling with way too much money and all the complications that come with both. So the extremes on those sides. And um, I think those are the three things that come to me quickly is the comparison. It's the fame or lack of it. It's the money or lack of it. Um, that's at least where we start with, with folks. And I, and I think depending on your travel and all that, there's the distance, um, between friends and family and you, but there's also, uh, the distance between what people perceive you to be and who, you know, yourself to be, and depending on your level of fame, that image, uh, gets stronger and stronger and far off often far distance from the reality of your life. And, and I think bridging that gap is also a tricky thing to do and difficult I, and needs to be addressed. I heard Bruce Springsteen one time talking about his struggles with depression and uh, someone asked him, how, how can you be depressed? Everybody wants to be that guy up on stage. And he said, me too. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. I just thought that was profound, you know, and back to the, your, your first point, when I had my first song on the chart, I nearly drove myself crazy. I mean, it, I, I would be sitting there waiting for the chart to come out so I could look and see, you know, what we did that week. And if we dropped three spins, I, I would be despondent and oh, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff, you know, and it, it is it is a struggle in a way and it's and it's a thing you're not prepared to handle a lot of times sure because you know in in other professions um you, there's no like i said there's no place to look for some chart to come out you know i have you know friends who are accountants there's no place to look you know and, right. but i mean you can kind of judge some things but but there's an immediate thing there and if and and there's this uh, there's this thing inside your brain that if you see that chart go up, then there's an ecstasy that goes on. And if it goes down, you're right. It just, you begin to spin out of control and you make up stuff and it's, it's, um, it's a complex thing, you know, it is. Yeah. And you, out, yeah. And you spend the next week until the next chart comes out struggling. And actually now you can look daily, which is probably going be worse. Yeah. You know, I've, I've gone to telling some artists and friends, you know what, um, this is going to be really hard, but I, I want you to try not to look and you need to talk to your manager about something like, hey, I need to, I need you to uh, guide me on when to look and I need you to um, tell me and talk with me about these things because when I'm by myself, I don't do well. 
same things, you know, with social media, more and more, I'm, I'm talking to friends about backing away from it and letting people do it for you or, mm-hmm. you know, letting somebody tell you if somebody died or something like that. But, <laughs> right. You know, you, you just don't need to look on it because we're back to comparison. You know, so much of social media is an image that's being portrayed and we just believe it. And we end up believing that people are having a lot more fun than we are. Exactly. And are a lot more yeah. Cause we only see their highlight reel or, or what. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, nobody, you know? nobody shows their messy house <laughs> or their exactly. car. Yeah. Well, you know, our audience is predominantly songwriters. We do, we have a lot of artists, but we have uh, many more songwriters. And uh, so this question is kind of for all of those, those categories, but how do you help people find balance? Whether, whether things are, you know, so that the, the highs are not too high and the lows are not too low what are some things you might tell people in the music business to help them find that balance? You know, um, one of the things I talk to people about is to try to find things outside of the business that, um, that, that you're involved in, whether it's, um, you know, I, I can't even think of things right now, but, but, but because if, if all your life is music, then um, it's skewed. It's just skewed because it's its own little world and it's um, it's close to you all the time. So one of the things I, I find that I, that I say is we we got to find things, and I don't like to use the word hobbies because I don't know if I have hobbies, but um, interests, uh, things that are um, completely outside of your world that you're engaged in and people um, that are outside of the world that you're engaged in, you know, songwriters and artists need to have friends who don't care if you will. I mean, they care about them as human beings, but they don't know what charts are or, or things like that. They may like their songs, but they have other interests and they don't care what they do. And I feel like that's a big thing to populate your lives with people who, um, are not real interested in what you do um, outside of the ordinary, if you will, because um, that just gives you a better picture of the world. Um, I don't remember, I don't remember who it was, but one time I was talking to an, an older artist that was sharing with some younger artists and she said, be sure to make friends with people who just like you and not what you do. I think that's, that's, that would be the main thing I would say is, is get out of the bubble um, as much as you can with neighbors, with friends, um, because there's a bigger world out there and you need to be a part of it. That's awesome. Yeah. When, when I first, the first time I met my now wife, um, she was asking about what I did. And, and I said, well, I just had a number one with Billy Carrington. And she said, no, I never heard of him. <laughs> that's perfect. You're a, you're a keeper. I love that answer. That's, you know? that's a great example. Um, yeah. In that, you know, that that kind of would instantly make you go, oh, oh, okay. I know she's not in it for exactly whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. that's awesome. So, what do people have to do to qualify to get help through Porter's Call? Well, for Porter's Call, when you know when we were started with the help of a late of labels. 
Um, we started out with um, people who were signed, um, artists who were signed, because it made sense. That's who was supporting us. And then we expanded out beyond labels to, you know, people supporting us were managers and agents and different uh, organizations. And so what we've ended up doing is saying, um, basically, we see uh, signed or indie artists who are touring their own music. Um, and so that leaves a lot of, well, I would say that leaves a lot of people out that are gifted and that do good things, whether that's, uh, players, uh, different instrumentalists that may tour with, you know, somebody or, um, songwriters as well, if they're not artists as well. And so our fence or our, our criteria is you're a, a signed or an indie artist who's out there touring your own music. And then we kind of let people, you know, we give people the little sheet and we trust them to tell the truth um, yeah. on that. Right. Um, but then, as I said, there are a lot of people who call and they don't qualify. And it's, it's, it's so hard because we, we just know that they're living a, this creative life is a tough life. And we have a lot of compassion for that. So what we've done is that we will, um, we have a, a number of referral resources. Some people who used to be artists or songwriters who are now therapists, which is a whole nother category that we can talk about one day, but but they, they understand the creative life. And so we'll refer people to them. And the natural question is, well, you're free and they're not. Um, and so what we encourage people to do is, um, I'm sure you're familiar with a, um, a Grammy organization called Music Cares. Uh, M-U-S-I-C-A-R-E-S. -E um, and they're an organization that really helps with uh, tangible, um, physical, and emotional needs of uh, folks in the industry. And they, they often will, um, you, you, there's a little uh, process that you go through, an application process with them. And um, it's not a very difficult one. And often, um, they they will assist in things like counseling. So they may pay for X number of sessions. Um, and so our goal is to, when people call in, is to try to give them a referral resource um, that would give them what we give. In other words, they'll offer some help and offer to pay for it. Um, and then there's, um, there's a, a center in Franklin called the Refuge Center. And it's a counseling center that offers um, uh, a sliding scale and all the way down to, I think, $25, depending on your income. And so we try to place people um, where they can get help. Um, and so because lots of people need help. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think one of the things I, I hope everybody gets out of this conversation is that help is out there and yes. and there are people who can help connect you with the resources and you never need to feel like I'm alone. I'm the only one in this and I, I can't afford to go somewhere and, and yes. find that help. In full disclosure, I got out of a session with my therapist 15 minutes ago. That's why we needed to start at 315 because I had a therapy <laughs> session until three. Well, you need to go to music care and get some uh, little help with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, the therapist I go to offers a sliding scale if people need that, you know? So um, yeah. I just think mental health is such an important issue and an overlooked issue 
you know, because we can be embarrassed to talk about it or we can be, we feel like it's a weakness sometimes to, to seek out help. And that just leads to deeper and deeper problems and depressions and all kinds of things. It really does. You know, Marty, one of the, when you, you said that, I think, uh, you know, I, I knew when I was about 18 years old that I needed some help and, but I didn't go get help until I was about 33. Um, and then I was way down the road to some serious problems in my life. And, and <clears throat> when I began to get help, I would began to find direction. And so I understand depending on your growing up and where you grew up and with whom and the situation that you're in, I understand people's hesitancy to go to somebody they don't, they don't know to talk about what they need to talk about. Um, but more and more what I'm seeing among artists and the, and the creative community is there's a greater camaraderie um, with folks who have sought help and want to talk about it. Um, people who, you know, 20 years ago, when you come to Porter's Call, you'd kind of come with metaphorically with a bag over your head or something like, because mm -hmm. you don't want people to see you. And <clears throat> you'd give an, on, um, an anonymous, uh, you know, say good things about us, but you'd say it anonymously. But now people are much more open saying to one another, hey, have you, have you gone to get help? Uh, even the fact that you said, I just came from my therapist. 20 years ago, you wouldn't have said that or somebody in your position because right. it's kind of your little secret. But now I think there's this, you know, the, the, the good thing that I see coming from it is, you know, uh, and you may have experienced in your own life, there's some good songs that come out of digging deeper, you yeah, know, <laughs> some really good songs. Um, <clears throat> and I've heard them. And it's great fun. Um, uh, recently, I, I, I don't remember who wrote this song, but Emily, you could probably tell me Emily Harris sang it. That's called Beneath Still Waters. It says, yeah. um, I remember hearing it when I was in college, which puts me back about, oh, 27 years. Um, the first line is beneath still waters, there's a strong undertow. What the surface won't tell you, the deep waters know. Oh, Boom. That's a good yeah, lyric. killer. I'm you can look it up. I should know. I'm, I'm, it's terrible to talk with a songwriter, quote a song, and not know who wrote it. But anyway, oh, man, um, isn't that a good lyric? Beneath the water, amazing. There's a strong undertow. What the surface won't tell you, the deep waters know. And I think that's right. There is quite a good counseling, um, because we we feel like we have to make a presentation, and that would be the still waters. But we all know there's a strong undertow. And, and we see people surface, the person on stage or the person, you know, winning an award, but we know that there's deep waters and it's just worth pursuing um, for your own health. And, um, you know, selfishly as a songwriter, you go, and also for my songs, because yeah. you want to take people to deep waters in your song, because that connects to people's souls and your own. And yeah. so that's just a side benefit of, of doing work, I think. And I think the, the better you know yourself and you understand yourself, I think you can get to places where you can write songs you wouldn't be able to write without that. Oh, I think you're right. And, and you write songs that connect um, with, with people. There's, a, um, there, there's just a, um, 
And it, it doesn't, and it's funny, it doesn't have to be a, a dark or depressing song, but it can be to the root of people's longings. Mm -hmm. um, that's what connects is, is if I connect with the longing in everyone's soul, um, yeah. then there's something there. Um, and that's just, again, that's a side, side benefit, I think, but it's, but it's also just becoming more whole as a person. Absolutely. Yeah. I was writing a song one time with a friend of mine who was going through a divorce and I was going through a divorce and we only got halfway through and I showed it to my publisher and he said, I hope y'all work things out in your marriages, but not before you finish this song. Cause you, you guys are, are feeling it right now. And I can feel oh, that's, it. That's perfect. Yeah. Publishers perfect. can be cold and heartless like they that. Can, yeah. Finish the song before you get back together. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's yeah. That's so well, funny. Al, thank you so much. Um, Marty, thanks you know, for having me. You're welcome. I appreciate you sharing your wisdom. And I, and like we said earlier, I encourage anybody, if you need help, you know, if you think you qualify for Porter's Call, you can reach out to them online. Um, mm -hmm. If if you need other resources, you can reach out to them or to me, and I can connect you with Music Cares and some of those other things too. So, Great. Al, be Great. well. Be well yourself, and thanks for having me. I think the big, big takeaway from this conversation with Al is that you shouldn't be ashamed if you have mental health issues or you need help, and that you can almost always find help, uh, even if you don't think you can afford it. There's there's places that will help you. So, you know, we encourage you to reach out. You know, if you're an artist and you want to reach out to Porter's Call, that's great. Uh, we're going to put the link for the other places that he mentioned in the uh show notes and if you have uh, trouble finding resources please reach out to me marty at songtown.com and i'll do whatever i can to help you connect with uh, the help you need all right i'm going to give you a song now this one's called in a small town and it's written by april cushman steve smintek and april's actually released this uh, so it's out on all the streaming platforms now here you go have a great week Check out songtown.com. It's a great community of songwriters uh, all over the world. And uh, we'd love to have you be a part of our community. Be well. Bob at the diner brews the perfect pot of black. All machinery grease the front from the window out back. The second you walk in, Todd's cooking your plate Knows exactly how you like your steak and eggs It's the kind of place where you're raised and grown Even the cashier at the market's name is known There ain't nothing like living in a small town Plant your feet where your granddaddy put his roots Small town
plant your feet.